0: Today's topic is something that I've been reflecting on and researching for probably about a week, and I still don't have a ton of confidence to talk on this, but I didn't want to delay it any longer because it's something relatively timely and also something that I don't think I'll ever fully have a grasp on. And that's part of the point of talking about this is some things are very complicated And our opinions, our perspectives on them may evolve based on new information. And this specific subject matter is changing constantly. And it's based on and not exclusively about the controversies around Joe Rogan's podcast and the ripple effects that that's had on platforms like Spotify and the entire podcast community, as well as Musicians, public figures, and I think our country in the US as a whole, and perhaps the whole world, right? There's a lot going on with this, which is part of what makes it really interesting to me. And like I mentioned, complex. There don't seem to be any super clear answers. And by the time this episode comes out, things could have shifted. For your context, I'm recording this on February 5th. You're listening to this either on or after February 14th. And by the way, happy Valentine's Day, if that has any meaning to you. So I have a ton of notes. I'm going to pull them up. I have some articles that I've read and I will just see where this goes as usual. So first of all, let me provide a little context for those of you who haven't paid a lot of attention to this. In January, doctor, or actually maybe December, I have a note here about last month, but I may have written that note in January since it's kind of like the border between the two months. Somewhere in the past few months, doctors, nurses, and members of the scientific community issued an open letter to Spotify Asking the company to take down the Joe Rogan experience episode that they said spread misinformation about COVID 19. So, this has been going on for a while, but it really got into the news at the end of January, 2022. Now, for those of you who aren't super familiar with him, Joe Rogan is the most popular podcaster in the US and maybe even the world. He interviews major guests, he is usually off the cuff and at times controversial. I actually have at times really appreciated his show, even though a lot of what I'm saying and and been reflecting on recently has made me think a little bit differently about it. I especially was drawn into his episode with Elon Musk that he did. uh, Gosh, when was that? Like 2018, maybe? It was super fascinating. And if you didn't know this, his style... Inspired the style of this show, especially when Jason was part of this show we We really loved how long his episodes were in a world where podcasters often feel like they have to keep their episodes short. The Joe Rogan experience felt like a good model for this show because it is rambling, it is a bit off the cuff. We're not or I'm not now. <laughs> Jason's not part of the show. I'm not fully afraid to be controversial, which I, gosh, it's so interesting because I am partially afraid to be controversial, mostly because I'm a people pleaser and afraid of offending people. But deep down inside, I really think it's important for us to talk about things from the heart and from the present moment, even if that makes people upset. Because one of the big points of what's going on with Joe Rogan right now and the controversy surrounding it is the fact that people have very different opinions on him and what he says and how Spotify has reacted and how other people have reacted. And I actually think that's a really important lesson as I am going to get into. But anyways, I have listened to a few episodes of his show. I've noticed things I really enjoy about him. I enjoy that he brings on a variety of different guests from different backgrounds. Although I think statistically almost 90% of his guests are male. I don't know about race or other elements of diversity, but I would be willing to bet a lot of people are white. A lot of people probably align with his viewpoints. And he says that he likes to bring on people that he disagrees with, but I don't know if that's fully the case. I think that there's still a good amount of bias on there, but I could be wrong because I don't know every single guest. I think he's had like a thousand guests on his show. And he really celebrates himself as an independent thinker. Other people really like that about him. I think this is part of why he draws in such a large audience. In fact, on Twitter today, I read one person who said, what I like about Joe Rogan is that he gives me things to think about, but he doesn't tell me what to think. And I also think that's a really important point in all of this is... From what I've read and from what I understand about Joe Rogan, he's not someone who's trying to brainwash you or convince you of things. However, I feel like naturally, as speakers and presenters, we do have goals of convincing people of our positions on things. I I think that's just a natural form of human communication. Some of us actually, maybe even most of us, have to work at not being super biased, and not trying to persuade people all the time. In fact, I that reminds me of the, the episode I did recently about having conversations with people who disagree with you, which I think is a really good complement to this episode. And I published that a few weeks back. That episode really helped me understand that it's okay to disagree with people, of course, but it's okay to have tough conversations. In fact, it's very important to have them. And... Practice your listening skills, practice noticing your triggers. There are so many of those same lessons that have come up as I've read about people's responses to Joe Rogan and how it's really caused people to kind of take sides. And I'm trying not to take sides. That's really important for me to share. But I do have my own opinions and I'm trying to check my biases and reflect on my opinions to ensure that they're not too blinded, right? I think a lot of us go into situations like this, which I'll elaborate more on in case you don't know. I don't wanna assume that you know what's going on here with Joe Rogan. I think it's very easy to jump to conclusions. That's actually what inspired me to do this episode is that I noticed I was jumping to conclusions and then I was trying to talk to people about it and was not able to back up my feelings. And then I thought, all right, I I wanna go research this and dig in. In fact, It was exactly a week ago that I was trying to share my thoughts on this situation with some friends. And they were asking me follow-up questions. And I realized I didn't know how to answer them. And then I went home and (laughs) looked up some articles to better understand them. One of them specifically was around free speech. And I still don't have a phenomenal answer to that. (laughs) Phenomenal is a bit, not quite the right word. I don't have a word that I, or a way of Reflecting on the issues of free speech here with a lot of confidence, but I do have some articles I'm going to reference today that may help me uh, clarify that. So with the differing opinions on the show, you know, there's, there's been people on Joe Rogan's show that have said some very controversial things. A lot of very far right people on the show that have radicalized everyday people And some people are concerned that it's harmful to our society at large because of how someone could innocently be listening to someone like Joe Rogan, hear a guest on the show, and take it as fact or take it as the right belief system, misunderstand something. In fact, one of the articles I, I was reading about this said that podcasts like his or content in general can take someone from being an everyday person to someone who's being fed news and misinformation, and that's really at the core of what's been going on here is misinformation. But I'm also going to get into what exactly does that even mean? Because I realized through this whole situation that I'm not even sure which episodes and what content Joe Rogan's been putting out that counts as misinformation because I think that term and fake news, as we've heard, like those terms are, are... used a lot, but they mean something different to each person, or they mean something different to, basically, they don't mean the same thing to everyone, right? Like what we believe to be fake versus real, what we believe to be be truth versus lies. There's a lot of gray areas. And I think that's important to keep in mind with all of this. But it's also a slippery slope, as I'm going to get into, especially because most of this controversy is centered around COVID-19. And the fact, as I mentioned, that it was rooted in, in the scientific community asking Spotify to do something about the spread of this misinformation. So it wasn't, in my, from what I understand, it wasn't just a bunch of random people saying, we don't like this. This was doctors, nurses, and scientists being very concerned with what was being said and the impact it was having on people. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit more. I think a lot of people perceive this as being a witch hunt, as cancel culture. That's something that's come up a lot today, actually, on February 5th, as I've looked into it. Uh, Joe Rogan was called out again today for saying a lot of racist things. And a lot of people are thinking, gosh, like they just won't give this guy a break. First, this was about COVID-19, and now this is about racism. And are they just going to try to find they meaning people that don't like Joe Rogan or are they just looking for any opportunity to cancel this man it's interesting and i don't really know if he can be canceled <laughs> to be honest cuz he has so much power but we'll see i mean maybe it'll be too much for him maybe it'll make him feel even stronger and more powerful and that's what's interesting about the evolution of all of this now what's also fascinating is that you might be inter- might be listening to this show on Spotify right now and I think a lot of people are reconsidering their relationship with that platform. Over the past week or two, people have canceled their Spotify premium accounts and switched over to platforms like Apple Music. People have been trying to boycott it and artists have left. You may have heard that uh, Neil Young, who uh, was really prominent in his viewpoints, Joni Mitchell, and since then a bunch of other people, um, and also... um, Brené Brown, who I want to dig into later on some of the things that she said in response to this. I heard about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle issuing a statement. I can't I haven't even looked into that fully and I might not get to that today. Uh so a lot of people are holding Spotify accountable for this because Spotify owns Joe Rogan's show. I think that's the right term. They they bought the exclusive rights to his show. So technically his show is Spotify's and so Spotify is being held responsible for allowing him to share some of these things and today actually especially due to some of the racial slurs that people found joe rogan saying spotify has been put in the spotlight again and quietly deleted as many as many as 70 of his episodes without an explanation as to why but they have not deleted controversial episodes related to covid misinformation Now, that is according to BuzzFeed. So I think it's really important to take everything I share today with a grain of salt because A, it's changing. B, it's filtered through all these editors and writers and opinions online. And uh, I want to be very mindful about not spreading misinformation about Joe Rogan either because I don't want to be part of that. Um, Also, in that same BuzzFeed article... It was reported that Spotify had removed around 40 episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast, including those that featured controversial guests, conspiracy theorists, and scientific misinformation. So I think it's important to know that Spotify has done some things here. They have been shifting based on people's reactions. And this is part of where this concern around free speech comes up. It's also important to know that this isn't just about COVID-19. As I said, I've read articles that have pointed out how Joe Rogan has pushed anti-trans rhetoric. Apparently, he's compared being trans to joining a cult or uh, cutting yourself through self-harm. He's misgendered and um, denigrated trans youth, and I have a big issue with that personally. He's said that people... He's pointed out a lot of, like probably not true information. And one example was he was accusing left-wing people of starting wildfires in Oregon. Oh, something I read. Again, I have not listened to that episode. And people have viewed Spotify as a place where he could spread his bigotry and vile without real consequences. And that's really at the core here. But then the big question becomes about censorship. If he isn't able to... To freely say those things on Spotify, will he just leave and do it elsewhere? Is he even contractually allowed to do that? I'm not sure. I I imagine he's thinking all of these things through. And it actually reminds me going back to the harm that I mentioned and how these viewpoints and misinformation can influence us. I actually had a very direct experience with it that came full circle through this whole situation. So a few years ago, Joe Rogan was talking about this woman named Tess Holiday, and I actually want to bring this up so I can make sure that I'm remembering this correctly. Now, Tess Holiday is a body positive model, and uh, let me find this situation. I tried really quickly to find it, but I remember him talking about her, and I hope I'm right here. I think this is about... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was talking about her cover on Cosmopolitan. So let me pull this up too. Yeah, this is what it was. It was, I think, in December 2018. And I remember seeing this and thinking, huh, I didn't know who Tess Holliday was at the time. And I listened to Joe Rogan's statement and perspective on that. And he was saying... That having a woman her size on Cosmo was not a good thing for our society because it was celebrating someone at her size. And you know, this is hard for me to say, to be honest, but I want to be really transparent. At that time, I found some of my beliefs, I found myself, I hesitate to say agreeing but I found myself really considering what he was saying. And I thought, hmm, maybe he's right. Maybe it's not good for magazines to show women that size because it's indicating that. I mean, I honestly cannot even finish that sentence, not only because I feel awful for even thinking that, but I just don't believe it anymore. I mean, like, it was my thought process was along the lines of thinking that Tess Holiday was unhealthy. And now I realize how far I've come in three years because not even able to finish that sentence shows like I can't even relate to how I used to feel. But it showed how far I needed to go and where my limitations were around making assumptions about someone's health based on their body size. And I'm grateful for this moment because... It does show our growth. it does show that we c- our perspectives can be shifted. It does show our biases, our prejudices, our judgments, and how, for so long, because of my disordered eating past and the diet culture that many of our us are in, I fed into that belief system that fat was bad, that being large meant that you were unhealthy and this moment was very poignant for me because I listened to that episode of Joe Rogan's and I went to dinner with a few people and brought it up. I can't even remember why it came up, but I said, well, what do you think about Tess Holiday? Do you think it's like a bad influence to have someone of her size celebrated on a magazine? And one of the people I was at dinner with got really upset with me. And really defensive. And I remember how much that shifted me and got me to step back and examine my thoughts. And that was really important because I'm glad that I was called out for it. I'm glad that someone got angry at me for saying those things because maybe that was the wake-up call I needed. And I think these are the benefits of call-out culture versus cancel culture now today, February 5th, Joe Rogan's being called out for racial slurs and he gave a apology on his Instagram. And I thought, from what I heard, I listened to about half of it, I thought he actually did a, a good job owning up to it. And he explained that those were clips from the past and he does not use those words anymore. And there are countless examples of people saying and doing things in the past that they no longer say, no longer do, and no longer believe. and I want to be transparent that I've been in that exact same situation. I'm sure there have been plenty of times, mostly offline, that I have said something off-color. I know for a fact, obviously, with that example. And I'm grateful, as I said, for people who have shared with me privately, ideally, because of those are private situations, like that they didn't agree with me because it got me to think about what I was saying and reflect on it and then move through it. And, it, you know, over the past few years, I've also learned all sorts of things about body positivity and racism and health and on and on. And I think that side of this is really important to bring up as. I don't think I believe Joe Rogan should be canceled, but I also have a very limited perspective on him and I'm coming at it from a few different angles. One is he said some things about a woman's body that I was felt persuaded by and that caused me to say some things that I no longer align with. But at the time, I guess well, clearly part of me did align with his statements, but I also thought, oh, this is Joe Rogan saying this and he's an influential person. So he must have a good point here. And he, he had like someone else on the show. I don't know if it was a guest or someone that's part of a show on a regular basis. And they were all kind of agreeing on it. And I remember the way they phrased it. And I thought like, oh yeah, like they do have a good point about her. And so I was influenced by his show in a way that I do not feel proud of. And The reason that I remembered that is because a few days ago, Tess Holiday came up on my TikTok and she is speaking out against Joe Rogan, probably because of how she's targeted him, at least in that one episode, maybe multiple times. And I remember it didn't even occur to me that I was looking at Tess Holliday on TikTok. I was just listening to her words and her position on his show. And then I looked and saw her username, and the memory of how I felt and what I said in 2018 came flooding back. And it was that parallel, not parallel, it was um, everything just kind of being presented to me. Because right now, I think Tess Holiday is incredible. I'm so grateful for her. I want to see women of all different body sizes. In fact, I prefer generally to see women who don't have. Stick figure bodies in the classic media promotional way, the Instagram influencer cliche body. I prefer to see women who look different than that because I've seen enough of the Instagram bodies, for lack of a better term, the model figures. Like, I want to see all different types of women represented. I want to see women that look like me and my body size. I want to see women that have completely different bodies. And I think I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, but it just showed me how you can be swayed by someone and also how you can change. You can grow out of things too. And I also recognize that Joe Rogan is another human being who's shifting and changing over time. I recognize there are a lot of people that are public figures that have said things that they no longer align with because they've changed. I think being called out is an opportunity to reflect on who we are. And the problem that I see right now is that as media is structured in the moment, we don't usually give people another chance. We don't recognize that they are changing every single minute. Literally anything can happen in our lives that can cause us to shift. So what Joe Rogan said yesterday could be vastly different from what he says today. And the same thing is true with everybody who has spoken out against him. And that to me makes this whole space so challenging because first of all, you could take anything I said today and hold it against me next week. And the truth is I might not agree with what I'm saying right now next week. I might have a complete framework shift. Is that the right term? Tomorrow. Truly. If if you step back and look at your life, Can you see how much you've shifted and changed? And everybody changes at different rates too. I mean, I just believe deep down that there are very few people in this world who are not changing constantly, even if we can't tell from the outside, even if they don't even want to admit it, you know, especially if someone is, and Joe Rogan's an example. He is, every time he records his podcast hearing from someone new when he has them on their show, right? Unless I guess they're a repeat guest, but every guest on his show has the potential of shifting his perspective. He's in a place of constant education. He might be looking at it through a viewpoint that causes him to not shift in radical ways. Maybe he's not super open-minded But he's still being presented with a lot of different information, just like you are when you listen to this show, when you listen to any other podcast, when you go on social media. And even when we seem like we're fighting to hold on to our beliefs and we don't want to change, maybe deep down we are changing without even recognizing with that being against our will. you know. And I think that's what makes a lot of this so tough. And as I said from the beginning, it was hard for me to even record this episode because I wanted to get the information right and have it be concrete and have a definitive answer. And in this moment, I'm recognizing that that's just impossible, (sighs) given that by the time this episode comes out, things could have radically changed too. And I just think that's an important thing to keep in mind whenever we're reflecting on how something makes us feel. It's just so relative. So... That leads me... I mean, there's so much to say here. I I do want to touch upon Brene Brown. I also want to touch upon some articles I found related to freedom of speech and misinformation and more timely things. So I was especially fascinated by Brene Brown's response to all of this. And this was also released four days ago. I have not looked up what she's posted since. And again, by the time this episode comes out, she could have said something completely different. So keep in mind, this is her statement on February 1st, 2022. She has herself been accused of trying to censor Joe Rogan. And people have said things to her like, I'm canceling you for canceling people, which is really fascinating when you think about it. A lot of people have said similar things to Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and whoever else has come out against Spotify or shifted Uh, their opinions on Spotify. And (laughs) things like, I hate censors, so you shut up. So it's like people are trying to censor somebody for censoring someone else. I'm fascinated by that. People have been telling Brene Brown that they're going to burn her books because they don't agree with her. And she said it would be ironic and funny if they didn't demonstrate a complete lack of critical thinking. And I thought that was such an important thing uh, or a poignant thing to say because critical thinking is really key during these controversial moments. She also said, for everyone who said this pause was out of line with my work, you clearly skipped all the places where I talked about pausing, getting curious, and asking questions. And I love that. I This is why Brené Brown's statement was something I, I wanted to pay a lot of attention to. Because I think it really is about pausing and being curious about things and asking questions. This is also what I brought up in that episode about having tough conversations with people who have different opinions than you. The main body of advice around those tough conversations is to listen, to pause, to be curious, and to ask questions, not just share your thoughts, not debate. Not to wait for your chance to speak, but to be curious about it, which puts us in this state of learning. Even if that means we learn information that goes against what we thought before the conversation started. Brene also said that she... Now, by the way, the reason that Brene Brown has come up so much is because she too has podcasts on Spotify that are exclusive from my understanding. So I think it's very similar to Joe Rogan's show where they can only broadcast those shows on Spotify, which really puts them in a place of reflecting on their relationships and who else is on the platform, which I'm going to dig into a little bit later too. Brene said she'd like Spotify to have a transparent misinformation policy made available to the public that balances addressing the complex misinformation issues we face today while respecting free speech. And to be meaningful, this policy must be applied across the platform without exception. And that's key, too, because I think part of the issue that people are having is Joe Rogan has such a large audience and was paid a huge amount of money to be exclusive to Spotify. And Spotify is thus making a lot of money because of his large audience. So I think Brene and other people are concerned that he is an exception to the rule, And she wants to make sure that everyone is held to the same level as accountability. Now, whether that's been happening or not, I'm not sure. But the fact that she felt important to bring that up made me wonder, was Joe Rogan being treated differently? And that's part of the issue, too. She then said, rigorous debate that benefits the public does not include dissemination of misinformation. Both censorship and misinformation are threats to public health and democracy. Our collective well-being is best served when we approach debates and discourse with curiosity, critical thinking, and a healthy skepticism of false dichotomies. And I think she ended her statement saying, no matter what I say or what I do, some of you will be frustrated, disappointed, or pissed off. That's okay. I will never stop sharing my opinions and beliefs to make anyone feel better or more comfortable or to gain approval. That is one of the most helpful things I've ever read about podcasting to be honest, and I really respect Brené Brown. I've brought her up in countless episodes of the show. I've read her book and heard her speak and I just like the way that she thinks and approaches the world and I really thought this statement was well done, but it pissed a lot of people off. I especially saw this on LinkedIn. I don't know why it popped up amongst all of the places she posted. And a lot of people were upset with Brene Brown's standpoint. Just like she said, they would frustrate and disappoint them. And I love how she said it's okay because it's not about trying to please them or make them more comfortable. You know, she needs to share these things to be an integrity. And that's really important. It also reminded me of something I read Uh, in this training that I'm in right now for Web3, which is those who have positively changed the world did so because they learned how to negotiate complexity rather than impose their own will on things. They answered their own questions as honestly and directly as they could. And that's how I felt about Brene's statement. But it doesn't mean that it's easy. So now I want to bring up some articles... Gosh, I have so many. (laughs) It's a bit overwhelming to me. I'm going to link to them all for you. But I feel like there's just so much here. It's tough. So one of them is from this website called uh, Intelligencer. It's from New York Magazine. And let's see here. It's titled, The Spotify Backlash Never Had a Chance. (laughs) Now it gets into the details of Spotify's background, how much they're valued, how many people listen to the platform, and where that's all in relation to the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, And here's something I'm just going to read out loud in real time. It's fundamentally different than, say, seeing your friends and family members posting fake COVID information on their Facebook feeds. Even though Rogan has positioned himself as an everyman, the kind of person you'd expect to have some off-the-wall social media post, he's an institution unto himself with an audience of 11 million monthly users. Rogan's podcast is so popular because he is, for whatever it's worth, hearing out other people's points of views, no matter how crackpot or mainstream they are. And he's brought on all sorts of people that this article links to. Rogan boiled his formula down... To something like having interesting conversations, but the reality is he made his name by leaning heavily into criticizing the left over political correctness and comedy, trans people, and vaccine mandate. He's repeated false stories that leftists were responsible for, you know, the wildfires in Oregon, like I said, which is a statement he later apologized for, and it just goes on over and over. So Spotify's gamble here is that users aren't going to care. And as for the people who do care and quit, it probably won't miss them all that much. Why would it? Spotify is pretty revealed, reviled by artists who, for how little it pays to stream, can be as uh, well. This just gets into all the music industry and all the stats there, too. Ultimately, if anyone heeds the call to delete Spotify, What are their options? There's Apple, the largest company in the world by value. Not exactly an inspiring choice for anyone to show their activist bona fides given its questionable history on human rights in China. Lists out a few other examples here and basically says it doesn't make for a clear, satisfying choice for anyone who may be angry over Rogan. So that article, I guess, is good if you're interested in kind of the the business ramifications of this and whether or not it's actually going to bring down Joe Rogan or Spotify. To me, it seems like it won't. There's an article from the New York Times that I read. I think I'm going to try to pull this up on my phone because on my computer, it displays very differently. Uh, that article is titled, What Joe rog- What the Joe Rogan Backlash Reveals About How We Handle Misinformation. Oh, I love this one from The theweek.com which is entitled, The Joe Rogan Controversy is Actually About the Freedom of Association. And this one I felt was really helpful for me to understand exactly what was going on in terms of the freedom of speech side of things. Uh, It references an author and podcaster, Roxanne Gay, who is leaving Spotify rather than sharing the platform with Joe Rogan. And Roxanne said, it was a difficult decision. There are a lot of listeners on the platform and I might never recoup that audience elsewhere. And Roxanne apparently has been through this before. And thus she was able to look back, not just with Spotify, but I guess with a publisher. So she was able to have some perspective on all of this. She said that she has the right to decide who she wants to do business with. It's not about censorship. In other words, it's about freedom of association, which is a term I actually wasn't familiar with till I read this article. It gets into, at the end, how Americans love to fight about freedom of speech, but we often don't talk about freedom of association, which is also a First Amendment right. Like free speech, freedom of association has been enshrined in liberal democratic some word I can't even say, and across the world. And it's been declared as one of the essential human liberties. Yet associated freedom is often entirely absent from popular discourse, perhaps because liberals have come to take it entirely for granted. And Roxanne Gay, in this case, is critical of Rogan and Spotify for employing him. But she doesn't have the power, legal, cultural, or otherwise to cancel him. Instead, she packed her bags and left Spotify because that's her right. And I think this is exactly what we're seeing with people like Brene Brown. So that helped me better understand this too. I'm going to link to another article I found that I found thought was really helpful from ndtv.com. And please keep in mind with websites that you've never heard of before, like that one, I, I don't know much about them. You know, every article is written by someone with a different slant and an editor and all sorts of um. Different belief systems that you need to kind of sort through. But this one was helpful, just how it was broken down um, in terms of difference of opinions versus misinformation. So let me pull up something here. I think that it's quoting Joe Rogan and saying that he's not trying to promote misinformation, he's doing his best to try to balance out controversial viewpoints with other people's perspectives. Is that him that they quoted? It's so hard to read articles. And record at the same time. <laughs> but it's also so, it takes so much work to gather all of this information. So thank you for uh, your patience as I get through it. And this just goes to my original point. There's just so much here. There's so, I have so many articles bookmarked here. And uh, I think it's just my cue to pause for now because I can always pick this up again later. I do have another article from TheVerge.com that says why Spotify can't afford to lose Joe Rogan and the thinking behind it is not an easy decision. So this I find really interesting because I think with all these people leaving the platform, you might think that, oh, Spotify is going to change, right? But this is a very complicated subject matter because Spotify is making a lot of money off of him and they do have agreements in place on both sides, right? So... The takeaway, according to The Verge, is that the company specifically licensed Joe Rogan's show with the goal of both converting listeners to the platform and making money through ad sales. And thus it became the linchpin for Spotify's entire podcasting apparatus. So if marketers buy ad on Joe Rogan's show, they have to buy ads on the rest of Spotify's catalog, meaning Rogan's success brings more advertisers to the rest of Spotify's investments. And without Joe Rogan on the platform, a lot of other podcasts are going to suffer, which is where my heart goes out to this whole situation and shows the complexity of it. Because as another podcaster, right, it's really tough. Do Do I want money based around someone that I disagree with or don't support? Probably, you know, the easy answer is to say no. But if we look at any company we support, it is challenging. I'm a huge fan of Apple and Tesla. but Man, do those companies have issues, right? Amazon. I feel so conflicted about all the time, but do I still use Amazon? Yes. You know, being a vegan and deciding where to eat food. I mean, there's just, there's ethical issues everywhere. Does that mean that we should stop trying to be ethical? Absolutely not. But we have to realize that progress is the key here, just like anything else in life. It's not about getting it perfect or right. Cause I just don't know if you can. Because as I've said from the very beginning, everything's constantly changing. Should we stand up and speak out for things that we believe in? Absolutely. And I think this is where my feelings about Joe Rogan become clear is that I'm not supportive of somebody who's going to be racist. Uh, He says he's not racist and maybe he's not right now. I'd have to go through every single episode to make a really good opinion on it. But when you see the compilations of all the racial slurs he said over time—it gives me pause. The test holiday situation, the trans situation, the crazy statements about you know wildfires and who started that. I mean, he said a lot of things that I do not agree with, but there's also something about Joe Rogan where I see his humanity. When I watched his apology today on February 5th, but also the statement he came out with earlier this week about the whole Spotify situation. I saw a human being. I saw a man who recognizes the complexity. And I also think if I'm going to see Brené Brown's point in this and that statement that I love so much, which is No matter what I say or what I do, some of you will be frustrated, disappointed, or pissed off. I will never stop sharing my opinions or beliefs to make anyone feel better or more comfortable or to gain your approval. If I can hear that from Brene Brown, I should also be able to hear that from Joe Rogan too. And I think this is where this freedom of speech thing comes in. Both sides should be able to say these whatever, well, (laughs) it's tough. Should they be able to say whatever they want? I guess that's the big question here. It's tough. I thought I would have a better answer to my viewpoint on that, but I really don't in this moment. It leads me to things I felt about speaking out, you know, because there are times where I, I think I brought this up in that episode about having a difference of opinion and really observing the fact that you're trying to honor and respect somebody, even if they don't believe the same things as you. And many of us have been encouraged to call people out that we don't agree with and to cancel people. But what if at the core, they're a person that you love? What if they offer a lot of big benefits that you enjoy? Going back to Apple, I mean, I'm recording this on my Apple computer using my iPhone. I often wear my Apple headphones. I love all of those things. I'm so grateful. I used to work for Apple and I had incredible experiences with them as a company. But absolutely, I see issues with them, human rights related, environmental related, But I think that you would find the same to be true about a lot of similar companies. And does that mean that it's right? No. (laughs) I mean, I often get stuck here. Recently, I saw a bunch of vegan companies getting called out. Oatly, for an example. I am an investor in Oatly. I bought Oatly stock the day that that Oatly went on the stock market. I was so excited to support a non-dairy company like them that I see issues with, I don't love all their ingredients. And then months down the line, I hear all of these stories about their ethics, and I've had to think about whether I want to continue to be an investor. You know, it's complicated. All of this is not easy. And I don't expect to snap my finger and have a perfect answer. But I also believe that we should go with our guts. I'm not at a point right now where I believe in canceling Joe Rogan. I believe in learning from the situation. Maybe what is happening with him is given people like me the opportunity to ask a lot of questions, to get very curious about him. Maybe he'll be pushed in a direction that benefits us more. Given his influence, what if this changes him in a way that actually shifts us in a more positive direction? What if him staying on Spotify and not being overly censored helps him influence people in a way that he wasn't able to before he got called out for all this. Or maybe he'll stay the same. Maybe he will leave Spotify. Maybe he'll go somewhere else and bring all of that audience. But now we got to think about the consequences of that to the point of one of those articles. If he leaves Spotify, what happens to all that ad revenue? And how does that affect other podcasters that you love? Now, I don't get any direct financial compensation from Spotify that I'm aware of. I don't run ads on there. But a lot of other great shows do. So what if that affected their bottom line and they gave up their podcast? There are so many ripple effects as someone like Joe Rogan. And the also I think, and this will probably be my last statement, it's like that gut feeling when I talked about the ick factor on a recent episode. Like I get a horrible gut feeling based on what some of the comments people have left on like Brene Brown's LinkedIn. I even saw Marion Williamson post about the this, this Joe Rogan situation. I've been meaning to look up her tweet because I was actually surprised at what she said. And it really had me thinking about my own perspectives. And I'm glad that she said something that gave me pause. I don't know if I'll be able to quickly find this, but let me see. I'm on her Twitter right now. I mean, in general, I really think Marion Williamson is amazing. And similar to Brene Brown, I really relate to a lot of things that she said or says, but I didn't get a good feeling about what she said about this. So I want to go reread it. It's so hard. There's so many posts. It was something about censorship and freedom of speech. Okay, here we go. So yeah, this is it. It was on January 30th and she said, I'm triple vaxxed, but unless they're standing for hate or calling for violence, banning someone's podcast is too much like burning a book to me." Joe Rogan should talk on his podcast about whatever he damn well pleases. And I think it was that last line that I thought, is that true? And that's where I started digging into like this misinformation thing, like in the dangers of it. And again, I don't know. I really don't know. And then someone else commented on her tweet. Yes, he has the right to talk and that's important. We also have the right not to listen and not to associate. That's also important. And Marion Williams said, I agree. So maybe that's the answer here. Maybe the answer is that we just all need to practice critical thinking, like Brene Brown said, and let other people make their own decisions. Maybe to other people's points, they can listen to Joe Rogan's thought and still feel like they're forming their own separate opinion, regardless of what he says. But it's a slippery slope because of my situation when I heard that Tess holiday episode, I can't stop thinking about that. And I remember walking away from listening to some of Joe Rogan's shows years ago and thinking like, wow, like he's so great. And, but you know, but then I wonder, am I being brainwashed? Do I really agree with him? I'm grateful for all of this because it's, it's given me that opportunity to pause like Brene Brown said and ask a lot of questions. So I would love for you to share with me, what are your thoughts? Do you have any other resources that I can read? I'm going to continue reading up on this. I will share some more points in another episode, if it comes up, if it feels valid, and maybe with some other guests. It actually came up in an episode that, let me see, has that come out yet? No, it's coming out soon. It's with Marissa, uh, which comes out in two weeks. So, stay tuned. She shared a little bit of her thoughts. And please reach out to me and let me know how you feel. What questions has this brought up for you? Where do you stand on all this? And also keep in mind that by the time you hear this, my opinion could be vastly different. So, if you ever want to know my super um, (laughs) current opinion or thoughts or perspectives on something, you can email me, you can message me on social media sometimes it takes me time to respond, but I'd be happy to address it. I also now have a daily live show for those that uh, are curious about more content beyond this show. It's called Web 3 with Whitney. And I started it almost three weeks ago. It's nothing to do with what I talk about here. Although, you know what? There's always overlap. And I've been exploring... Web3 from cryptocurrency and NFTs and the metaverse and uh, all different facets of what's happening online right now. And I think that a lot of what's going on with all these creators and musicians show how Web3 could actually benefit us and maybe allow us to have more control and not be so dependent on ads and platforms and really shift into a place of more community so if you want to learn more about Web3 right alongside me and also just hear my thoughts from day to day, you can go to com slash Web3. I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. So every article I've referenced plus articles I said I was going to reference and didn't get to like the New York Times, I'm just going to dump them all in <laughs> the resource section for this episode at wellevator.com, which is W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. In the podcast section, the show notes, you will find the full transcript. You'll find my contact information, social media, all of that is there for you. So you can easily reach out to me and share your thoughts too, because I'd really love to hear them. I'll be back again on Friday with a new episode with a guest and next week for another solo episode. So until then, I'm wishing you all the very best with how you navigate the world of different opinions and perspectives online, because it's tough. And if you need more support, I cannot recommend enough that episode I did on having those tough conversations. It's One of my favorites, because I think it's so important for us to learn how to navigate this world where there's a lot of controversy and a lot of side taking, and it it can be really draining and tough on us, but just take it in stride day by day, breathe through it and know that we're all changing every moment. Bye for now.